welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. Glory to God. I tell you, the days of playing church are over. It's time to see the army of God in the earth realm. Mm, Don't you love it to see young people like Dominic prophesying and speaking the word? And Oh, glory to God. It's actually a fulfillment of Bible prophecy, you know. The Bible says in the last days, sons and daughters would prophesy. Young men would see visions. Old men would dream dreams. Upon my servants and my handmaidens, God said, I'm going to pour out my spirit. And there'll be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars, blood, fire, vapor of smoke. And uh, the Lord's about ready to come back to the earth. But there is one thing we need to be diligent about doing before he comes back. And that is this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to all the world. Then the end shall come. And how many of you want to see Jesus face to face? How many like to go somewhere a million times better than Disneyland? Well, then you want the Lord to come. But he's not going to come until everybody gets a chance to hear the full gospel. The gospel that Jesus preached. Um, so we said to you, what if the devil attacked? What if, what if the harder the devil attacked, the more you praised God? Well, he's going to leave you alone after a while because he finds out he's wasting his time with you. There's something about praising the Lord. I, I was really interested. You want to see a real interesting scripture before the one we're going to go to? Go to Psalm 8, verse 2. Psalm 8, in verse 2. I've heard this verse hundreds of times. Just the other day, I read it again, knowing that I don't know it all. What? Yeah, that's right. That's, I, I, I know almost all. No, I don't know it all. There's a... The more, I, the more I know, the more, the more I realize I don't know. In Psalm 8, verse 2, Jesus quoted this in the New Testament, and he used the word praise instead of strength. He said, out of the mouths of babes and sucklings, you have ordained strength. Jesus tr- translated it praise. In the New Testament, he quoted this very scripture, and he told it to the Pharisees, who are all, bummed, all just persecuting him about the crowds praising Jesus. And Jesus said, out of the mouths of babes and sucklings, you have perfected praise. Here it says, ordained strength. Because of your enemies, that you might still stop in its tracks the enemy and the avenger. As I was reading this just the other day, I I realized the Lord said, did you realize it's through your mouth that I bring deliverance to you? Do you realize it's it's through your mouth that I'm going to stop the enemy from harassing you? It's not just a magical thing that's going to happen because you need help. God said, out of the mouths of babes and sucklings, God has done this stopping of the devil. See, see, see the, the, old, the, the, the thing that the devil messed up on, when he got people demon-inspired to throw Paul and Silas into jail for preaching the gospel, I mean, the devil just inspired these people. I mean, just, just take the apostle Paul, put him in chains, put stripes on their back, put him in the sewer part of the prison, and let's just watch these men of God suffer. One mistake the devil made. 
he forgot to tape their mouths shut. Because they started praying and praising and an earthquake happened. All the doors flew open. They got totally delivered because out of the mouths of God's people, he stops the enemy. Out of the mouths of babes and sucklings, right? God has ordained strength because of your enemies. In other words, God's saying, I'm going to do powerful things when you start talking like you're supposed to talk. When you're quoting scriptures like you're supposed to quote scriptures. God said, I'm going to do great things for you through your mouth as you speak words. Why hasn't the Lord done anything for me? You're saying, he hasn't done anything for me. Why? He hasn't. How about start saying, God's my deliverer. It may be dark right now, but light's on the way. I may not feel good right now, but strength is coming. It may not look good right now, but it's changing. See, if God can get your mouth, he can stop the enemy from harassing you through your mouth by saying the words that you're supposed to be saying. Anyway, that's, that's our pre-message message. <laughs> Turn with me, please, to the book of Judges. And... Actually, no, let's don't go there first. Let's go to 2 Timothy. I'm not sure how much I'll be able to get out today, but I'm not in a hurry, are you? We can take a break if we need to. I'll only go as long as I believe the Lord wants me to go. But sometimes it's a little longer than the flesh wants because of what the Lord wants to put in your life for a future challenge. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and I want you to notice a verse here. I actually would highly recommend to anybody in the church who's, whether you were in these services two years ago or not, there's a series on the church website. If you go to faithheights.org and click the media tab, everything's free on there. You can watch it, download it, whatever, share it. There's a media tab. If you'll click the media tab and go down to series, I think it says video teachings, audio, singles, and then it says series. If you click the series tab and scroll down, you'll find a series we taught in the church over, a little over two years ago entitled Divine Protection in Perilous Times. I think it's like a six message series that we, we camped out on. The Lord really laid this on my heart two years ago um, before COVID actually. And uh, the Lord knew some stuff was going to come up and he knew we needed to know about some things concerning divine protection in perilous times. You know, we've been reading Genesis. It's been great. Hasn't it been great, church, in the Bible reading chapter of the day? We're Genesis 16, I think, coming up. But a couple chapters ago, God appeared to Abram and said, I'm your shield. Ooh, that's a good word. I'm your shield. What does that mean? It means he is our invisible, real, powerful force field. From what? Anything. Plague. Biological warfare, bullets, bombs, guns, thoughts. I mean, if you really want to experience a wonderful, powerful life, be a Christian 24-7. I mean, walk with the Lord. Don't just run to him when you're in trouble. Don't just call him Savior. Call him Lord. Let Jesus take the wheel of your life. Because when you do that, man, I'm telling you, things start to surround you and protect you. And things, things can't get to you when you're in the zone that God wants you in. And in 2 Timothy, so go check that out. It's free. Like I said, it's called Divine Protection in Perilous Times. And um, 
I want you to notice here in 2 Timothy chapter 3, and Father, we're asking that as we move forward now with the rest of this service, that you would give me boldness to speak your word like I need to. Help me not to hold back for any fleshly reasons or emotional reasons. Father, help it to come out in your love. Help us all to hear what we need to hear, digest what we need to digest, get into our blood what you're wanting to be a part of our lives. We're asking for the help of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God today. Help us, reform us, shape us, build us, correct us, whatever we need, Lord, for the times we're living in. In Jesus' name, amen. So this is Paul's letter to Timothy. Timothy was a young minister, pastor of a very large church in Ephesus. And Paul told Timothy, by the Holy Spirit, Timothy, tell this to your congregation, know this for yourself, that in the last days... Perilous times shall come. One translation says, difficult, dangerous times shall come in the last days. Can we just pause here for a second before you read on? <clears throat> in the book of Acts, chapter 2, after the Holy Spirit had come upon the 120 in the upper room and they all started speaking with tongues and all these people were gathered around, freaking out, going, wow, they're speaking in my language. No, they're speaking in my language. No, they're speaking in my language. And they were speaking in other tongues, and it, and it just got everybody's attention. And Peter stood up and said, let me tell you what's going on. When did this happen? This 2,000 years ago, Peter said this. Let me tell you what's going on, guys, because all these people from Arabia and Rome, and all, the, all these other places were freaking out because they heard them speak with other tongues in their own languages. And Peter said, let me tell you what's going on. This was 2,000 years ago. This, what's happening right here, is that which the prophet Joel spoke about. And then he started quoting the book of Joel. He said, in the last days, saith the Lord, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Now, now think about that. Peter said 2,000 years ago that their speaking in tongues was a sign that the last days had begun. Now, we're talking about 6,000 year span here from Adam up to today. Okay approximately 6,000 year span. Well, 2,000 years ago, Peter said within that time frame of 6,000 years or whatever back then, 4,000 years, within that time frame, the last days began 2,000 years ago. So if Peter is correct, and he was, and Joel was correct because he was, that means we are in the last of the last days. I mean, you go much farther than 2,000 years, it's no longer the last days. Right. It's like halfway or whatever, or two-thirds. Last days, Peter said the last days started 2,000 years ago. What does that mean to us? That means we are so close. <laughs> oh, man, did you see the blood moon the other night again? Wasn't that cool? Moon shall be turned into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord come. That's been happening quite frequently. So, so... How can, how can we be assured that we are in the last of the last days? And what kind of church should we be in the last of the last days? A couple things you'll see right here. Paul said, in the last days, perilous, difficult, dangerous times shall come. Hmm. I wonder if that has anything to do with what's going on around us right now. Verse 2. Men in the last days shall be lovers of their own selves. Major, major problem with self-indulgence, self-infatuation, uh, selfishness. I'm going to do it my way. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. I'm not going to submit to anybody. This is a major sign of the last days that men would be lovers of their own selves. 
more concerned about them, their wants, their desires than anything else. You don't tell me what to do. What's that called? That's called sign of the times. I don't to teach a message sometime and whatever happened to honor. Whatever happened to honor. Do you realize that honoring the Lord means he can honor you? I have no doubt that all Christians esteem the Lord. I'm just not sure they're esteeming him high enough. I have no doubt that people are honoring the Lord. I'm just not sure they're honoring him like they should. Little honor, little honor back. A lot of honor. How do you know if you're really honoring the Lord? <laughs> You'll know it and everybody around you will know it. Manifestations of the grace and power of God will be in your life so strong, it's not hideable. It's amazing. You got all these little sparkly things on the floor. Oh, okay. Thought maybe the glory of God is falling down here. So read on, church. You gotta, this is so, so vital. I'm going to bring up some things here that may not be comfortable, but we really need to hear it. In the last days, men shall be lovers of their own selves. Now, why talk about these things? To make sure that you don't fall into them. Or if you are into them, get out. Men shall be lovers of their own selves. Like Joseph Morris says, we got selfie sticks. That's a sign of the last days. Selfie sticks are a sign of the last days. In the last days, there'd be a rise of covetousness, boasters. Pride would be a big problem in the last days. Blasphemers. There would be a rise of children being disobedient to parents in the last days. And I know it, it kind of sounds like, well, you know, that's the kid's fault. No, that's the parent's fault. If children are disobedient to their parents, that's the parent's fault. Ah, we, we got to have some classes on how to raise kids. I, I just, I've seen more and more that kids are going to need a little bit more discipline in these last days or they're going to get in trouble. They're going to go down paths they shouldn't go down. They're going to get hurt by things they don't have to be hurt by. Parents need to sit down and tell their children. How many of you agree that it's, it's very important to discipline your children? To let your children do whatever they want to do means you hate them, saith the Bible. The Bible didn't say spare the rod, spoil the child. That's a fable. The Bible says he that spares the rod hates his child. It's stronger than that in the Bible. What does that mean, hate? It means you hate them. You don't discipline them, you hate them. You say you love them by letting them do everything they want, but in the long haul of things, you hate them. Because if you don't discipline at home with a 15-minute sting on their behind, I guarantee you the detectives and the police will discipline them later. And it will be a lot more than a 15-minute sting. And if you love them, you'll spare them from that. Are you listening? There's too many parents asking their kids, Honey, is this okay? Will you do this? Can you need to tell them. Well, they'll cry. Duh! <laughs> How do you think they get molded into the right person? By doing everything they want to do? If you let your soul, what does the Bible say when they start crying? You can't let your soul spare. You, you, you have to put up with that. You have to realize their crying right now may mean no trip to the emergency room later. Or no trying to bail them out of jail later. You have to ask yourself the question, do I want this uncomfortableness of them crying right now? Or do I want to bail them out of jail later?
or help them out of a destructive situation later because they didn't learn these things at home. How many of you would rather learn discipline at home with a paddle than with handcuffs? Anybody with me here? Anybody rather learn discipline by your mommy and daddy as opposed to a, a police officer you don't even know? I'm serious about this. You guys, there's, there's too many parents letting their kids do whatever they want to do. And the whole reason they're doing it is because parents don't want the inconvenience of disciplining them and taking time out of their schedule to mold them and shape them because they got other things they want to do. And then they start getting into abnormal spanking by whacking their kids because they tick them off instead of because you love them and want them to live long on the earth. Disobedient to parents is a huge thing in this hour. Paul said it would happen 2,000 years ago. He said, watch, in the last days, you're going to see more kids disobedient to their parents than ever. Whatever happened to teaching our kids honor? Huh? I mean, <clears throat> kids, let me just say this to you. <laughs> Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. What's wrong with this picture? Mom goes to work. Dad goes to work. Teenage kids are at home. Mom comes home after a full day of work. Dad comes home after a full day of work. And the kid's on the couch, playing video games, on Facebook, texting their friends. Dishes are all piled up in the sink. Laundry's everywhere. What's wrong with this picture? Lots. Lots. Parents, you need to not be your children's slaves. When they get to a certain age, you need to train them how to wash the clothes and tell them they're going to do it. But now this works better if you start training them when they're two. Because if they're already molded and going a direction that's a dishonorable, other, wrong, then you're going to have to actually deal with hardened cement more than wet cement to mold and shape. No teenager should stay at home while mom and dad's working, come home from school, and all the dishes are in the sink. You need to do some chores around that. This is an honorable thing to do. Yes. Mom and dad are supposed to be honored. They didn't leave you on the hospital doorstep. They picked you up. They took you in when you couldn't help yourself. You couldn't even put a spoon to your mouth. They helped you. They kept you alive. They sustained you. The least you can do is the laundry. Or the dishes, or vacuum, or cut the lawn. You may think this has nothing to do with powerful, victorious living, but it has everything to do with powerful, victorious living. The reason Jesus could not do mighty works in his hometown is because of dishonor. Dishonor hindered him from doing miracles when they needed miracles. And kids need to learn these things. Kids need to learn about tithing the minute they have any money in their piggy bank at all. Parents, this is your response. But teach them to put God first. It's not just about 10 cents off a dollar. It's about, God, this is, you're real to me. And this 10% proves that you're real to me. This dime proves that you're real to me. You're real to me, God. Parents, I tell you, how many of you kids make your, how many of you parents make your, how many kids make your parents? How, how many of you parents make your kids brush their teeth? We need an altar call for parents right now. <laughs> How many, make your, how many of you make your kids eat right whether they want to or not? Why, Pastor? What's the big deal? You'll find out in a few years with Dr. Bills. How many of your kids make your kids eat? Well, they spit it out. Well, tell them you go to the hospital and they're going to hook up an IV. One way or another, you're getting the broccoli. I'm telling you, you've got to do that. 
if you're not going to receive it this way, we're going to put a, a pin in your, a, a needle in your arm and you're going to get the broccoli. You're going to get the nutrients one way or the other. Most kids will probably start learning to swallow and not throw up if you show them the needle. This is going right here. I'm serious. This is important stuff. They will thank you big time later for all the junk that they avoided, all the diseases they overcame, all the things they were stronger when, when they came against them. This is important stuff. Disobedient to parents is a big deal in these last days. I just, sometimes I miss hearing, yes, sir, yes, ma'am. Now, I tried really hard to get Isaac and Rachel to call me father, but that didn't work real good, so... We, were, we, we joked about that one. But when it came to attitudes and things, you know, we probably spanked more for attitudes than wrong actions. You know that attitude that kids can get sometimes? Now listen very closely. You hear, hear me? That needs to be spanked out of them. We've got kids right here on the front row. The Lord led you to church today, man. The Lord led you to this place at this very time. We have awesome kids in our church. But none of us have peaked out yet. There's still room to grow. There's room to grow. The Bible says parents, excuse me, parents, I said it again. Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise that it may be well with you. Less sick days, less depressed days are none at all. And God promised if you will honor, you know, going beyond just taking the trash out, now you're taking the trash out with a good attitude. Now you're honoring. He said you'll live long on the earth. The devil won't be able to take you out early. Crazy friends won't be able to take you out early. Gunmen won't be able to take you out early. Disease won't be able to take you out early. Depression won't be able to take you out early. Suicide won't be able to take you out early. Why? Because you learned some things about honor. Yeah, but they're not perfect. Welcome to planet Earth. <laughs> but they've done terrible things. You still got to honor the place. You still got to honor the place. Anybody want to read what else is happening in these days? There'd be a rise of disobedient to parents, which is a sign of the end times. Unthankful. People in the last days are going to be unthankful. Unholy. In the last days, verse 3 says there'll be people in the last days who are without natural affection. There's a whole seminar right there, but basically what he's saying is there be people in the last days that think it's totally okay and normal to do things that are unnatural, against nature. I'm sure we all know what he's talking about here. There are things that you do, people do against nature all the time. It's unnatural for a man to think they're a woman. But the Lord said it would happen in the last days. Now, we can't put out all these fires, but we can pull people out from the fire that want escaped. And there's a lot of people denying that there's power to get those people free. And the next verse, a couple of verses tells us that, that there'll be people in the last days that are going to accept their unnatural desires because there's not been enough power to set them free from that. 
So they have a form of godliness. They don't deny Jesus, but they deny the power. Natural affection. This is something... See, when people come against these things, these temptations of the enemy, these demonic uh, powers that are trying to get them to do this and do that, and they, they come against these desires and come against these things that aren't godly, a lot of them aren't going to a church that preaches there's power to get free from those things. And if there is not power in the church to get people free, what do you do when you're bound by something you can't get free from? Well, you either freak out and do something stupid or you accept the fact that this is the way I am. It's time for power to come on the scene, church, to show these people there's true deliverance, not just coping with something, not just going the direction of a a whim or a desire, you can actually be free from wrong tendencies, evil desires, pushes of the enemy to push you into perversion and all kinds of stuff. You can actually get free in some churches. Other churches who don't believe in the power of God, you probably won't find much deliverance there. So you better hope they accept you the way you are. <laughs> Amen. Or are you going to have to go somewhere else? Or get delivered, which I would highly recommend. So he said, in the last days, there'd be people without natural affection. I know that's a hard word, but it's true. We need to hear it today. What is all this transgenderism and what is all this loose living? What is it? It's a sign that we're in the last days. And God loves those people. We love those people. Maybe some of you have been involved in that. Listen, we love everybody. But it doesn't mean we have to love your flaky ways. Jesus said, the world hates me because I testify its deeds are evil. Why did the, world, why did the people hate Jesus so much? Because he wasn't going to candy coat anything. If it's sin, it's sin, but I still love you. You can still be forgiven. You can repent. You can be delivered. But I'm not going to call your sin okay. It's evil. I love you, but what you're doing is evil. And that's why it said the world hated Jesus, because he testified that their deeds were evil. He loved them. Are you kidding me? You died for him on a cross, went to hell for him, rose from the dead for him. But that didn't mean he condoned everything they were involved with. He flat out said, go your way and sin no more. I forgive you. I, I, I'm not going to stone you. Go your way, but sin no more. How many know you can love somebody so much and absolutely hate what they're involved with? See, there's people that have been accused of operating in hate crimes because of reading out of Romans chapter 2. What's in Romans chapter 2? Go home and read it. I mean, they've been arrested. People in Canada, we've heard of ministers that we know know these people for reading a scripture about unnatural affection. And if we don't deal with these things, people aren't going to get delivered. They're going to go deeper and deeper and deeper. Say, Pastor, do you think a homosexual or lesbian will ever come to your church? I hope they do. They can be delivered. They can get free. They can get the life of God in them so strong that it flushes out all flaky desires. Instead of just telling people to stop this and stop that, how about you get them filled with the good and they'll just let go of the bad? Don't you like that way better? What if they had something so good in their life and now they don't have room for the junk anymore? Well, now you got them free through the law of displacement, which is way better than just trying to pull the bone out of the dog's mouth. Just give it a hamburger and it'll let go of the bone. 
But the church hasn't been handing them the hamburger. The church has been trying to pull the bone out of their mouth. So without natural affection, the Bible talks about truce breakers in the last days. People not keeping their word, breaking their word left and right. False accusers. Last I looked, lawyers are probably some of the richest people on the planet today. Uh, Incontinent, fierce terrorism. Despisers of those that are good. (laughs) Oh my. It's interesting to watch the world love somebody so much until they do something they disagree with and then they hate them so much. It's like their, their agenda is so twisted. No, notice it says they'd be traitors, heady, high-minded. In the last days, there'd be lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. I think this is a very interesting phrase here because it didn't say these people didn't love God. It said they love pleasures more than God. So you can love the Lord but love something else more than him. And you'll know who you love the most when you're confronted with one or the other. A crossroads. You know, if you'll walk with the Lord like you're supposed to, you'll be challenged regularly about going higher. You will find places in your life regularly that haven't been quite up to par. It's called growing. It's called developing, going higher, not plateauing out and saying, I'm satisfied here. I'll do all this for the Lord except that. Well, that's not us. Amen. And then he says in verse five, in the last days, the people would have a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. Well, where is the power of God? Guys, where is it? We know there's more power in the church. Where is it? Where is it in times of shootings? Where is it in times of crisis and plagues and biological warfare? Where is the power that the Bible talks about in the book of Acts? Where is it? Where is the power of God that sets people free, that that prevents demonic things from happening, that shields God's people 100 times out of 100? Where is the power of God? Anybody interested where the power of God is? Now, as I was thinking about this, I thought of Judges chapter 6. So go ahead and turn to Judges because Gideon actually asked the same question to the Lord directly and the Lord answered him about where the power was. In Judges chapter 6, I want to start in verse 10. Judges 6, 10. We're talking about where's the power of God in these last days. It seems like that's the only thing that's going to make a difference. Do you realize you're arguing on Facebook isn't going to change the world? The Lord actually dealt with me, and I'm just saying me, I'm not saying you. He dealt with me about stop putting the revelation knowledge I'm giving you on Facebook flippantly. It's too holy. It's for live services where my spirit's moving. And if you throw a good Holy Ghost revelation phrase on Facebook, it gets lost in another million phrases. It becomes cheapened. It loses its power. And it does not have the effect that it was supposed to have in a live church service. I'm not even sure how much longer I want to keep live streaming on Facebook. They could go to YouTube or somewhere. Facebook is too tempting just to scroll away. I I think we might want a more dedicated place where people can go 
And I like Rumble too. I, I just I just downloaded the Rumble app. That's kind of a neat uh, way to get the word out too. A little bit more conservative, and not so slanted. In Judges chapter six, look at verse ten. God's talking to Gideon. He said, or to Israel. He said, "I came unto." This is the prophet of God speaking to the children of Israel. The prophet said, I said unto you, saith the Lord, I am the Lord your God. Fear not the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. I thought it was interesting. He said here, them fearing when God told them not to fear was disobedience. Isn't that interesting? I'm the Lord your God. Don't fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. How many know sometimes the best way to get free from fear is repent? <laughs> repent from what, Pastor? From being afraid. What is being afraid? Acting like God's not big enough to take care of you. Do you realize that some healing and some deliverance is going to come to you not through prayer? but through obedience? Not all prayers for healing are going to produce healing. Sometimes the healing is contingent upon doing something the Lord told you to do or not doing something He told you not to do. Many times in the Scriptures, the Lord spoke to people, told them to do things, and they were healed, and the Lord didn't even pray for them. He just said, do this and you'll be healed. They obeyed and got healed. There is a connection between obeying the Lord and being healed. And so go, let's go on here. Verse 11, it said, There came an angel of the Lord and sat under the oak tree, which is an Oprah, that pertains unto Joash, and the Aberzite. What is that? Sean, how do you pronounce that? Oh, he's not an English major, is he? <laughs> the Aberzite. And the son of Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And it says here, The angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto Gideon, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where be all his powers or miracles which our fathers told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring you out from Egypt? Now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this your might, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent you? So Gideon's asking the question, Lord, if you're with us, where's the power? Why are we in bondage? Why are these crazy things happening to us and our loved ones? Why is the plague hurting us just like it's hurting the world? Why? Why? Well, God had an answer for him. Did you hear what the answer was? You want to see some power? Do something. You want to see some power in your community? You do something about what's going on in your community. Listen to the leading of the Lord. Obey what he tells you to do. Pray like you're supposed to pray. Be like you're supposed to be. Do what you're supposed to be doing. I thought it was interesting. The Lord's Gideon saying, God, where's all your power if you're with us? And the, the Lord had to get him to realize he had something to do about that power coming forth. 
Now the Bible says in Ephesians 3 that there's a power that works in us. Now unto him that's able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. You have power in you. I have power in me. But there's been things that have been keeping it from flowing out like it's supposed to. We got a lot of power. So I want to I ask a couple questions. Um, do you realize that the reason demons got agitated around Jesus is because they realized he had power? They didn't mind a nice cuddly little Jesus, a nice cuddly little man from Galilee who was very nice and preached love. They didn't bother the devil, but boy, boy, when they saw that the power of God was on him, they got agitated. There were demons and people that got agitated when they got close to Jesus. They manifested. The Lord set him free. There, there's something about power that agitates the devil because he knows if they use that power, for me, it's over. I can no longer afflict this person's mind or body. If that power gets too close to this person, they're going to get set free. This is one of the reasons why there's not a lot of power in some churches because there's some leaders in some churches that are yielding to the enemy and they don't even know it. The enemy's trying to tell them, no, you don't want to do that, that'll offend people. You don't want to do that, that'll cause the rich people to leave. You don't want to do that, that'll cause people to get mad. No, you don't want, you know, save that Holy Ghost stuff, save tongues, the blood of Jesus. Don't, don't talk about any of that in the church. No, the, the devil loves that. He, he don't care. He'll help you have a 20,000 member church. Just no power, please. The devil will help you have a 20,000 member church. Just don't talk about the blood. Don't talk about the anointing. And don't talk about God wants you delivered, not just is able to deliver you. Nobody can have a lot of faith for deliverance if all you talk about is his ability. But when you start saying he wants you free, you watch out, man. I'm telling you. That's, that's when you get most persecution from religious people, too, is when you start saying God wants you free right now, as opposed to he's able, he's able, he's able, he's able. We all know that. He created the stars. Duh. He's able to do anything. But when you start saying he wants to, you just started riling up some things. You just started bringing the power of God on the scene. And you'll start seeing some things happen in this, at a time like that, even from people. You, got, just, just, you can't say that. Who do you think you are saying God wants you healed? I'm quoting scriptures. The leper already asked him, Lord, I know you're able, but if you want to, you'll heal me. And the Lord answered it forever. I want to heal you. I want you free. I'm not just able to set you free. I want you free. When you start talking about God wants to do things right now, things start getting stirred up. Good and bad. Say this with me. God wants me free. Is he able to set you free? Oh yeah, he's able, 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 he's able. And by the time you're done singing and shouting, a little thing will come to your mind saying, but he don't want you healed right now. Go ahead and sing the able songs as much as you want. He's able, he's able, he's able, he's able, he's able. But don't ever, don't ever think that he might want you healed. That's just for somebody else, you know. You need to settle this right now. God is able to set you free and he completely wants you set free 2,000 years ago, which means right now he wants you delivered. Totally free. God wants me free. God wants your kids free. God wants your family free. So turn to um, Ezekiel 22, and I know I got to wrap it up here. 
Ezekiel 22. I read, and, and now, Sean, you might know this. There's a, a news feed. Uh, he, I don't know. Do you know anything, Sean? Do you, do you know anything? <laughs> he knows, his, his wife says he knows nothing. Well, now we know he knows nothing. <laughs> oh, boy. We do offer free marriage counseling, so I know you might need it after today. <laughs> um. Have you ever heard of the newsfeed Education Week? Okay. Um, so let me just read you what Education Week said. And this is an establishment that gives you good information concerning uh, education in the country. The newsfeed said recently there have been 27 school shootings this year so far. They've been... There, there have been 119 school shootings since 2018. When Education Week began tracking such incidents, the highest number of shootings was 34 occurred last year. There were 10 shootings in 2020 and 24 each in 2019 and 2018. There have been 27 school shootings this year so far, and it's not even June. We said earlier that, you know, what is that? What is that? That's the devil. And it's, it is sad that this country has become so backwards and so dishonorable in certain areas. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of good stuff going on in our country. One of them is right here, right now in this room. Thank God there's a lot of good stuff going on. But there are some things happening that I'd just like to see not be as easy to happen. I know we can't stop all the evil, but we can definitely steer, steer away from it. Our kids can be steered away from it by the leading of the Holy Spirit by good teachings, right church, right youth groups. Um, I asked myself the question two or three days ago, when this shooting happened, how many of you realized that the Holy Ghost knew what was going to happen in this city in Texas? That he, he, he knew. Do you, do you think he tried to prepare anybody? Right. Steer anybody a different direction that day? Do you think he tried to get anybody's attention to not be a part of that tragedy. Yes. Oh, you know we did. He is constantly trying to lead his people away from danger, away from destructive situations. He is constantly trying to lead people out of, away from, protected from things just like this. Do you think the Lord maybe knew this was going to happen? Well, we know he did. He knows everything, past, present, and future. Do you think he tried to get any Christians to try to prevent it? Yes. See, I was thinking... Hmm, what's the government going to do about this? Should there be stricter gun laws? Should they take away the guns? Or should we put security in the schools? Should we have, you know, armed this? A lot of those might be really, really great ideas, but we can sit here and wait for and hope for and even pray for government to do something about this or we can discover the power we have as a church and supernaturally do something about this stuff in the future. I personally sense in my heart the Holy Ghost sought for people to pray to stop this one. I personally sense in my heart the Holy Spirit looked around for somebody not too busy, changed their unchangeable plans, set aside a vacation, set aside a family time, set aside the internet, set aside offense or whatever, and pray.
You know, when we pray in other tongues as a church, we mess up the devil's plans that he had for future problems coming our way in our families and our city's way. When you come to Wednesday night prayer meetings, we mess up the devil's plans. And at the same time, we pray the power of God manifests in all these places that need the power of God. Church group prayer meetings are grossly underestimated, especially in these end times. I cannot personally think of anything in this world even close to as important as attending a Wednesday night prayer meeting in Faith Heights Church. Personally, I can't see anything even close to as important as that. We know. We grew up like this. We, there's things Rachel wasn't involved with, Isaac wasn't involved with, because that was a church night. We knew that we needed to make sure that we're not just getting lured into something that's not going to have the power we need when, we go, when something comes against our church or our valley or the nation. And I, what do we have now? We've got four, four weekly prayer meetings. How many of you knew that church had four weekly prayer meetings already? Uh, Rochelle knew that. Anybody else realize we have four weekly prayer meetings? Can you name them? I'll name them for you. Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Monday morning, 8 a.m. 7.30 a.m. I didn't even know that. I thought it was 8 a.m. Sunday morning, 9 a.m., and Tuesday night, 7 p.m. online. Correct, Darlene? That's four prayer meetings. Now, if you turn to Ezekiel 22, I want you to notice verse 30. Ezekiel 22, 30. I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. God was looking for somebody to pray. There not be destruction. Therefore, I poured out my indignation or I had to allow some things to happen upon them. I have consumed them that the fire of my wrath, that their own way, their own way. See, this wasn't God's way. This wasn't his will. It was their own way. I recompensed upon their heads, saith the Lord God. They have been involved in things that opened the door to the enemy. And basically, the Lord just had to let it happen. Yeah. Well, what's the previous verse say? He was looking for something to prevent this catastrophe. What was he looking for? Someone to pray. Stand the gap, make up the hedge means intercede. Could this destruction that happened back here in Ezekiel's day, could it have been prevented? Could that major destruction and loss of life, could that have been prevented? How? If he found someone who was listening and willing to do what needed to be done to prevent the devil destroying that land. So I asked myself, where was the church? Where was I? Where were we? Now I know maybe that's not our, our full jurisdiction there because the locale we have is right here. We're most responsible for Mesa County, Grand Junction. This is, if you live here, this is our greatest responsibility. We can only do so much beyond here because we live here. But I'm wondering where where was the church when this happened? When God was looking for somebody to stand in the gap, make up the hedge for the land that it not be destroyed. Here it said he found not even one person sensitive, listening, and willing to do what it took to prevent this destruction. I couldn't find anybody. He said, I was saying, where was the church? Where was the church? I put a little list of things. Maybe, 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 maybe we were engrossed in a movie. 
and we weren't really listening to the Holy Spirit at that time. Maybe we were surfing the internet, you know, that habitual zzzz. Maybe we were scrolling Facebook. I mean, that can be addicting. Maybe we were brooding over our own problems. Maybe we were offended at our church and we were no longer a part of the team that could do something about stuff like this. Hang on, if I haven't mentioned yours yet, I will. We, we don't want anybody to feel left out here. <laughs> maybe, they, maybe, the, maybe this Christian was in the bar at happy hour drinking a cocktail. Oh, pastor, there'd be no Christian in a bar drinking a cocktail. Want to bet? What, what, what's, what's, what's wrong with that? Well, here's the thing. You are not going to be as sensitive as you need to be in hearing the Lord saying, hey, will you pray? Hey, can I get you to intercede? Hey, will you do this? You're not going to be as sensitive if you're engulfed and if you're involved in surfeiting and drunkenness or even just worldly stuff to the point where you're just not on the same frequency as the Holy Ghost at the time. There's a worldly frequency like AM and then there's a Holy Ghost, FM. It's two totally different frequencies. And if you're more tuned into one than the other, you won't even hear the other one. I mean, there's some people wouldn't recognize the Holy Spirit if he walked in here with a big red hat on right now because they're so involved in other things than spiritual things. The Bible says the natural man doesn't receive the things of the Spirit of God. They're foolishness to him. The natural man, not the evil man, just too natural. And I was thinking, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe the church was out flirting with somebody they shouldn't have been flirting with, getting all their emotions entangled in something, couldn't even hear from the Holy Ghost. Maybe they were traveling to another exotic vacation spot. Um, being too worldly will cause us to be dull to the leading of the Holy Spirit because of all this other stuff going on in our minds and in our thoughts. I want you to look at one more scripture because I, I can tell you're about ready to go. <laughs> um, turn with me to, uh, let's see, Luke 22. No, Luke 21. Luke 21. I want to make sure I hurt everybody before you leave. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We don't want to hurt anybody. We want people help. We want people set free. But church, isn't it kind of interesting to know that we have a great power on the inside of us to help prevent some of these tragedies, to help steer away from some of these, to help others steer away? Isn't it interesting to know that we are the greatest force on this planet, but we haven't really seen that great force come forth like it could and should in these last days? I want to know how. I want to know where's the power? Where's the power? When Gideon prayed that, God said, the power's with you, buddy. Who's in you? If you listen to me, I can give you direction to save your whole nation with only 300 people. In Luke chapter 21, Look at verse 34. Jesus is talking about the last days. And he says, take heed to yourselves. Take heed to who? Yourself. Lest at any time your hearts, which is where your ability to hear from God is. Take heed lest any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life so that day come upon you unaware. 
he's talking about in the last days being cautious about being so involved with worldly things that your heart has no room for sensitivity to the leading of the Lord. You're overcharged with all these other things. You're, you're not in tune with what the Spirit of God's saying and things take you by surprise. I don't know about you, but I'm done with those evil surprises. Now, for time's sake, just, just trust me on this. John 16, I believe it's verse 13. 11 or 13. John 16, Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will show you things to come. Amen. What does that mean? He'll talk to you about future events before they happen. Why? Well, maybe you need to prepare for something. Maybe you need to avoid something. Maybe you need to cancel something. Are you listening, church? You know, I want to encourage everybody here to guard your Saturday nights. So when you come to church, you're in really good shape. You're, you're ready to hear and absorb on a higher level. Can I get a witness? Amen. Some people come to church and they don't receive as much as they need to because of the previous night activities. That's probably worth your coming right there. So God's Word translation, the GWT translation, this is what it says. Same verse. Jesus said, make sure you don't become drunk, hungover, and worried about life. Then that day could suddenly catch you by surprise. Now he's talking about the end times, coming of the Lord, but we're talking about just things that we want to be ready for even before the Lord comes back. Uh, another translation says, watch out. Don't let my sudden coming catch you unaware. Don't let me find you living in a careless ease, carousing and drinking, occupied with the problems of this life like all the rest of the world. Um, I just, you know, I just, there, there's certain things that will dull your ability to hear from God. And, and some of them are outright sin, but some of them aren't really sin. They just, they're a weight and they dull you from hearing the Lord. Let me read this and we'll close with this last one. The message translation says, in verse 34, be on your guard, church. Don't let the sharp edge of your expectation get dulled by parties and drinking and shopping. Otherwise, that day is going to take you by complete surprise, spring up on you suddenly like a trap. For it's going to come on everyone everywhere at once. So whatever you do, don't fall asleep at the wheel. Pray constantly that you'll have the strength and the wits to make it through everything that's coming and the end and end up on your feet before the Son of Man. Just be, oh, what do you think of that? Anybody want to be up on your feet when the Lord comes and not laid out somewhere? <laughs> let's stand up, church, and let's pray. Father, we're asking that the power that we've been talking about this morning would become clear in our thinking where it is, how to tap into it, how to prevent things, how to help people out of things, how to steer clear, how to do the will of God, which we know, Father God, will keep us above a lot of the crazy things that are happening in the earth right now. Lord, we know just by looking around, these are the last days. We know that there's crazy things going on just like you said they would go on. 
Oh, Father, help us to be ever so sensitive to the leading of the Spirit. Help us to not get so busy with our own plans that we're dull to when you want us to do something. Show us, Father. Quicken us by your Holy Spirit. Lord, if there's anything that the devil's got planned that we need to know about, help us to find time to slow down and pray and hear from you. Help us to take the time and the the steps that we need to take, Lord, to not just be caught by surprise. Father, we know these are the last days. We know the things that are happening are obvious signs that you're about ready to come back to this earth. But Lord, we know that there's a place of safety until you do come back. We know there's a place of victory and deliverance until you do come back. And Father, we just want to hear clearly from you. We want to know clearly what to do so we can be a part of the solution and not the problem. Say this with me, church. Say this. Lord Jesus, Jesus, quicken me me. according to your word. word. Help me to discern discern. the leading of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. When it's time to pray. When it's time to to adjust my schedule. When it's time to to stop something that I've even had planned. Or to start something that I didn't have planned. Help me to be more sensitive to the witness of the Holy Spirit concerning where to go and where not to go. Turn right or turn left. Take this route or another route. To wait, to speed up, or do whatever. I want to be more led by the Spirit. Guide me, me. help me me. to be more sensitive to to your leadings. I want to be a help in these last days, days. not just a spectator. I want to help prevent prevent tragedies the enemy has planned. I want to help stop him in his tracks. I want to be on the winning side. The protected side. The helping other people side. Thank you, Lord, for giving me the Holy Spirit and helping me to be led perfectly by him in these days. Thank you, Jesus. Say this to the Lord. Lord, I will not be afraid of the crazy things that are going on in my world. I will not be afraid. I trust you you. to protect me, to to keep me, to to direct me, to to strengthen me, and to help me through it all. Thank you, Jesus. So be it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. All right, just keep your eyes closed for one moment. If there's anyone here that's never made Jesus the Lord of your life, watching online, same thing we want to say to you. Here's your opportunity to pray the salvation prayer Come into the family of God. Be his forever. Escape the pollutions of the world. Jump out of the powers of darkness. Get into God's family. This is your prayer right now. If you'd like this to be prayed for you. Everyone say it in support to those that may be saying it for their first time. But let's all say this prayer, especially if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. Say these words. Jesus, I believe in you. I don't care what the world thinks. I don't care what friends or family thinks. I make a decision for you today. 
I believe you are the son of God. You came to this earth. You died on a cross. You went to hell and you rose from the dead on the third day. I believe God raised you from the dead, Jesus. And now according to your word, to me, I am saved. I thank you that I am. You didn't lie to me. I did what I was supposed to do. And now, Jesus, you are my Lord. I'm saved. I'm in the family of God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab. 